Welcome to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the latest marketing trends, tools, and tips, and provide you with the top resources you need to thrive and make your marketing mesmerizing. And now, here's your host, Dimple Dang. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm so excited to be here with the one and only Dio Aiken Renate. Welcome, and I'm so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited, too. I have actually tried out the Wisdom app, and I absolutely love it. I'm a big fan. I think there were some brilliant moves there, and I am so excited to be interviewing you today because there's a whole audience out there that wants to know your whole story. They want to know your why, and we're going to get down to all of that and have a lot of things to pull out of you today, but we're going to transport you back to the time when you were a little kid, maybe with cute little ponytails, and I'm going to ask you, when you were a kid, Were you always entrepreneurial? What did you get into when you were a child? Okay, so I'm going to share my first entrepreneurial venture. It was the first time I had ever made money because I didn't get paid to do chores and things like that. I grew up in a household where it was expected, kind of as the default. So my first venture, and it's, it's, it's a little, possibly a little bit controversial, I was about 12 years old and I used to love to read and write and write stories. And I used to read my mum's magazines. Now those were women's magazines. So things like Marie Claire and Cosmopolitan. And I loved the real life stories where a woman would usually go through a challenge and, you know, they would share the story. So I wrote two real life stories, but I wrote them as if I was a woman. So I was maybe a woman, I was 12, but I wrote the story as if perhaps I was maybe Marie Claire's age. And what I did, I got my mum to submit the stories to the magazine because this magazine was, they were paying for stories. So that was the time where if you submitted a story and we publish it, they would pay you. And both of the stories got published. I remember I got about 50 pounds for each story. Now the women's magazine they thought they were telling a real woman's story, but they didn't kind of know there was a 12 year old in the back end doing the writing. So that was my first venture. And I think it involved creation. I am somebody that I do like to create. So anything that I like to consume, my mind will be thinking, well, can you create something. You definitely have that entrepreneurial spirit from an early age. Now let's fast forward a little bit into high school. What were you doing in high school? Were you in extracurricular activities? Were you, you know, part of any business clubs? Wow, that, that, that's a really good question. Now I know there's something called Young Enterprise where they get young people to, to start businesses and I've mentored on schemes like that, but there wasn't anything that way structured at my school. Now, something I did do, again, maybe a little bit controversial, but we're being kind of open here. Well, I don't think it's that bad. So some of the girls used to smoke cigarettes. I don't, I didn't. But what I used to do, because my family were international, so I grew up between the UK and between Nigeria, so I was always back and forth. And then one day, one of the girls said to me, she said, Dial, can you bring me some cigarettes duty-free? And then she kind of said the price she wanted to pay. 
I looked at the duty-free price and I was like, oh, there's a margin here. So that kind of became like a side hustle. I must have been about 17 at the time. It was one of those things where like legally, yes, we could smoke. But of course, you know, it probably wasn't the the right thing to be selling it at school. But, you know, it was sort of a, yeah, I'm just going to call it a little side hustle. And it was great because I don't smoke myself. So I was never touching the product. I was just distributing. So that, that is that so funny. My- I love that. So we went through high school. Let's talk about college. What did you major in in college? Did you go to college? Absolutely. Now, of course, we refer to it as university over here and where at least within the UK where I studied and it's different there because we don't have the major and the minor you just choose one subject typically and you study that subject I mean you might use to do a dual degree but in my case I studied computer science because I really liked computers I liked technology I like logic and how things add up and the computer is always right. So yeah, I did a computer science. It was a three-year degree. My degree was called a sandwich degree and it's a sandwich, meaning the third year of your degree, you spend working at a company, which actually I think, I think like it's not such a popular thing now, but in retrospect, I think it's great because you get a year's work experience during your degree and by the time you graduate you kind of know this is what I want to work in or not work in so in my case I spent my third year at Accenture within the consulting service line so learning how to be an IT management consultant I really enjoyed it so they gave me an offer to work from them when I graduated so that was also really nice when I was doing my final year I wasn't having to think about how am I going to get a job how am I going to pay off the student loan because I kind of knew what I was going into Accenture is a great company I think you learn so much and just the consulting world is fascinating so thank you so much for sharing that so let's fast forward now here you are you're the founder of this amazing social audio app called Wisdom I want to know what your inspiration was behind coming up with this concept? So I'll start by saying a little bit about what Wisdom is about for those maybe listening in who haven't tried it yet. So Wisdom is a new social audio app. In essence, we use social audio to connect mentors and experts to knowledge seekers. A great way to think of us is like Clubhouse meets Masterclass. Now, in terms of the why, you know, why Wisdom? So my mission with Wisdom is to democratize access to mentorship. Now, that's a subject, it's very dear to my heart, being not just a woman in tech, also being a black woman in tech, and also being a a child of uh, immigrants as well. And, you know, between those things, what I found was, as I was navigating the, the corporate world and the technology world, there were several junctures during my career where I needed advice, I needed guidance. I needed mentorship and there wasn't anybody who was trusted or accessible within my immediate circle or my community that I could reach out to. And I do think that in terms of when one is navigating their way through life, sometimes when you're at a pivotal junction, you know, do I leave my company? Do I not? Do I take this job? How do I handle this situation? And there was nobody whose wisdom I could tap into. And I emphasize on the word wisdom because I do believe like wisdom is It's experience and knowledge that is built up over uh, a body of time. And what I found was that I, I tried to use LinkedIn for mentoring, 
So I would go on LinkedIn and try and connect with people, see if, you know, can we go for a coffee? Can I pick your brain? I learned very quickly that LinkedIn isn't built for mentoring. LinkedIn is built for you to connect with people who are already within your network. Or maybe if you get a warm introduction, then you might help somebody out. But by and large, people who are high profile on LinkedIn, people who are experts on LinkedIn, they will often have a load of DMs that they just never get around to. And sometimes within those DMs are requests for help. So the idea around wisdom is saying, well, we can use social audio to connect people who are seeking knowledge with people who are either experts or mentors who have the knowledge. And it means, and you know, and I love to use examples of people I'm speaking to. So like with Dimple, where you have a great track record in the marketing area, there might be a young girl out there who maybe she thinks she wants to be a lawyer, but if her parents aren't lawyers, if nobody in her community is, then how would she ever access that? But the fact that you could download wisdom go into like our category, you know, look under legal and somebody could play back one of your talks, Dimple, and tap into your wisdom. You don't even have to be on the app for that. Or when you go live, they could come and Q&A with you. And actually at this point, I probably should explain a little bit in terms of how wisdom works, right? Because I think we are quite a different social audio app. Wisdom features one-to-one conversations. So wisdom is around intimate one-to-one conversations. And then that conversation is broadcast to a larger audience of listeners. And within wisdom, what we do is we give mentors and experts the tools to take questions from the audience. For example, I might be live and giving a talk and people in the audience can request to join my talk as a guest and they can ask a question, i.e. they can tap into my wisdom. And when I do accept a Q&A, wisdom has a timer and that puts a time limit on the guest. And what that does is it keeps the conversation moving. It removes that kind of awkward moment where sometimes you need to end the conversation and the person won't shut up, but it's okay on wisdom because there's, there's a timer. So just to share a bit about it. And then I would also just add as well that all the conversations on wisdom are recorded by default because the idea there is that we are having our conversations that matter one-to-one conversations and so if it is captured and you know it lives on yeah so that's you know fascinating to me because that whole one-on-one component is something that i really enjoy and love about wisdom it's very different right from clubhouse and that whole experience where you're going to have a ton of people on stage and you can have a ton of people on stage with wisdom because you can only have one person in the seat next to you, I truly have found it to give people the opportunity to get to know each other on a very one-on-one personal basis where you would not have had the opportunity to meet that person and get to know them the same way on other social audio apps. Because I will tell you that one of my first early rooms on Wisdom, it was supposed to be a two-hour room. It was a Sunday and that talk went on for almost five hours and people still wanted to talk, but I was like, okay, I think I'm exhausted. And I had a timer set for 30 minutes. So I had conversations with different people for 30 minutes at a time. And I got to know so many fascinating things about them. I mean, we talked about chocolate factories and we talked about lavender farms and we talked about so many amazing things. I mean, I met so many people from all over the world 
Some of them happen to be on Clubhouse that I knew them before. Some of them I've never met before. Some of them, they were only on Wisdom. So that was just such a beautiful experience to be able to connect with people on a more intimate level, on a one-on-one level. And the other thing that I've noticed, and I mean, I'm curious if you've heard this from other users, is it really just made me feel very relaxed and feel at ease where, oh, I can I can show a little bit of my funnier side or my sassier side. Whereas like on other apps, I feel like, oh, it's always like you have to be on, on business, business, business. This brought a very cool, dynamic, social vibe to it where I can just be myself. I can have a laugh. I can joke around. Have you noticed that? No, I think absolutely. Wisdom is just uh, one month old. But in terms of the user feedback, it, it's been super positive. And to your point, maybe some of the key things, a lot of wisdomers have said that they are having very in-depth, intimate, meaningful conversations. And perhaps they are connecting with people that they know from other social media platforms like Twitter, like Clubhouse, or they've listened to somebody's podcasts. But they're saying that when I connected with them on Wisdom, I got to know their story. I got to learn things about this person and their background that I wasn't aware of. People are opening up, people are being a bit more vulnerable. And I think that's a testament to audio, right? Because I do believe audio is one of the oldest forms of communication and it allows you to tap into your authenticity, be vulnerable. And that is a lot of what is happening on Wisdom. And to your point, because I know, of course, you mentioned Clubhouse and Clubhouse is, you know, sort of in terms of social audio, you know, really pioneering and leading the way. And the, the comparisons are inevitable. And I would say, you know, I think the experience with Clubhouse is if we think about the social graph of Clubhouse or what I like, what I now like to call the talk graph, I think Clubhouse It's quite a messy talk graph, meaning it's a lot of people talking about everything, everywhere. Whereas with Wisdom, what we've curated is it's a talk graph of helpful people, intentional people who are on the app, either because they have wisdom or they have expertise or they're seeking wisdom and and they're there to listen. So again, it's very intentional. It brings us back to our, our North Star metric within Wisdom is conversations that matter. And everything we do, everything we build, every feature we ship, it's around thinking, how can we help our wisdomers find conversations that matter to them? And, you know, that's also partially why it's a bit different about wisdom. Before you start a talk, as you will be aware, we invite the mentor or the expert to choose up to three topics, like categories, what is your talk about? And like the life coaching or parenting or fitness and podcasting. We have we have a lot of podcasters on Wisdom and I know we're going to talk about that more. And so where when a conversation is started on Wisdom, before you start to talk, by choosing those tags, what is your talk about? It enables us to show your talk to people who are interested in what you're talking about. So again, it's about how can we help the user or the wisdom find a conversation that matters to them. So I think, yeah, what is a key differentiator for us? I think it's a sole utility. 
it's a very helpful community and uh, and also it's it's endearing i think wisdom is endearing i mean literally wisdom and with the app wisdom so of course where all of our talks are captured live right so it means now and you know to anyone listening in if you're gonna go and you can find dimple on wisdom and maybe you'll share a link to your profile there so if you go and see dimple's profile underneath there's a list of talks that's the best of dimple so in terms of you know, I think wisdom helps creators and experts build their personal brands. And I think it's really cool now that as a creator, as a thought leader, you've got a library of talks in wisdom. So Dio, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, that's one of the things that I really love about wisdom is because that whole experience you get from being on stage one-on-one with an individual, getting to really know people on a personal basis. It's something that other audio apps have not allowed for that same experience. I think for someone to really see what it's like, they truly have to try it out for themselves. So I encourage everyone go download the app, download the Wisdom app and go check it out, create a talk and invite you know someone to join you and get to know them because it's all about, you know, making those connections. I want to echo what you have said. If you're listening in and you haven't tried Wisdom, right now we are on uh, iOS, although Android is soon to follow afterwards. So absolutely go to the Apple search for Wisdom, download it. And yeah, we tell people don't be shy. Start a talk. If you're not sure what to talk about, make your talk title a question. What's your opinion on so-so-and-so? people are going to tap in and jump into the conversation. Absolutely. I think it's just getting started. And, you know, on that note too, I guess, tip do you have for people that are completely new to social audio? They're a little timid. They don't quite know how to get started. What are some tips for getting started on wisdom? Okay. So I'm going to speak particularly to a creator because I know there's a lot of creators out there who perhaps have made their home between typically Instagram and YouTube and maybe podcasting, but they haven't looked at social audio. Advice to creators, don't be intimidated. Most creators already have a library of content out there and social audio and wisdom is an opportunity to build your personal brand, expand your reach to a different audience, but also to connect with your audience. Now, your audience may be listening to your podcast or maybe listening to your YouTube. And I promise you, because I do this, I'm listening to the podcast and I'm like, hang on, I think this. Oh, I agree. Do we not a lot of us get that when we're consuming media? You have a mini conversation with yourself because you're having your reactions and your audience, I'm speaking to creators, they want to interact with you. They want to have a Q&A. They want to have Ask Me Anything. If you've recorded your show, they want to do an after show. Hey, let's chop it up. Let's get into the details and talk about different things. And wisdom is an opportunity for creators to deepen their relationship with their followers and with their audience. Let, you know, let them get to know you. And yeah, so that's the advice I want to give around the opportunity. And yeah, like social audio, like it's so easy. You don't have to worry about how do I look? How does my home look? Is it Instagrammable? You know, have I got the right tweet caption? And it's, it's really, I just think it's really easy. It's very low key to create. You just turn on your phone and you just start talking. 
And that's what I love about the beauty of that. It's simple. It's easy. I don't have to get dolled up. I don't have to put makeup on. I can literally push a button and I can have conversations that matter with people from all over the world. And that's, you know, that's really a beautiful thing. And, you know, when I first came to Wisdom for the first time, I was like blown away because for me, I'm a podcaster. I'm really into podcasting. And the whole way that the feed was designed to me, it looked very much like the covers of the people's profile photos. They almost look like podcast covers to me. And and I wonder if that was done intentionally because to me, it, it gives me the vibe of like, oh, this is like our own show. Like everyone can have a show there. I think absolutely. It was a little bit intentional. It's turning out that podcasters love wisdom. And at Wisdom, we love podcasters too. That was why we added in a feature because something I'm doing at this early stage and building out the product is staying close to our users, our wisdomers, and listening to their feedback. And one of the, this feedback particularly came from the podcasting community. And when they started using wisdom, they said, oh, when I have guests on my pod today, we have to schedule, we have to coordinate. Either we're going to get in the same studio or we'll do it through one of these tools and we're working out the mics and all of that technology. And they were like, it's so easy on Wisdom. They were like, it's so easy to have guests on your pod because we we both just have to have the app downloaded. And then of course you can have live drop-in surprise guests. So podcasters asked us, can you make it so that when we finished wrapping a show, when we finished a talk on Wisdom, can we download the file for that show afterwards? And we said, yes. So that is a feature that even just within the first month, the community, you know, asked for and we've uh, shipped out. So to your point, yeah, I think wisdomers are loving podcasts. Wisdomers are loving, you know, podcasting on wisdom. And, And I'm finding podcasters are, they're coming up with different creative things. Like one particular user, he still does his podcast in the studio, but then he records the after show, the reaction show on wisdom. And then he takes live questions and then he downloads that file and then he merges it into his regular podcasting file. You know what I mean? And he's good to go. And actually a feature we are working on as well with the podcasting community in mind is improving the audio quality. I mean, the audio quality for Wisdom is pretty good today, but we are improving it to be like a sort of top notch podcaster standard. So it means that when you create on Wisdom, you you don't lose out in any way. Oh my gosh, I love that. And the quality is actually is pretty good, but I love the fact that it's going to be enhanced even further for podcasters. I mean, that's amazing. And I also love that when you thought of all the categories, you thought of everything, like you didn't leave out legal, you didn't leave out podcasting. I think the categories were very well thought out and and I think we appreciate that. The users appreciate that. The other thing I love about that experience of the categories is When you start a talk on there and you have three categories, even when the talk's over, you're actually promoting those talks in your own hallway. Whereas like with Clubhouse for months and months and months, you know, where you can barely get people in rooms because the algorithm has changed. And I know they have replays now, but the way that they've structured it, there's like a mismatch of how it should work. But I think the way that you positioned it where, okay, the creator of the talk has the replay, it shows up only on their feed. It doesn't show up on everyone else's feed. And I think that makes sense because 
with the clubhouse, they just rolled out replays, but they positioned it where it shows up on everyone's feed who's, who's spoken in that room. And that makes it more work for us who want, who don't want that on our feed and we have to delete it, you know, but I feel like you thought about a lot of things carefully, you know, before you launched wisdom. And I'm curious to know if you did any market studies with people you surveyed, you know, audience, you spoke to your friends, maybe that were users of audio apps, like how did you do your market phase study before launch? That's a great question. So uh, I spent a lot of time on Clubhouse. A lot of time on Clubhouse because I I love I do love social audio. I'm not particularly a social media person, so the mediums of Twitter and Instagram and YouTube didn't particularly appeal to me. But where social audio is a focus on talking and removing the for me the superficial aspect of the visual and just listening to the person's voice and reading you know, the emotions, that really resonated uh, well with me. And I mean, in terms of market studies, I mean, I did find from being on Clubhouse a lot and creating content on Clubhouse, a lot of the Clubhouse community that I interacted with. So these are people who were building clubs, you know, building clubs to maybe have 50,000, because or maybe like 50,000 users, 20,000 users. And a common frustration that they and we uh, experienced as creators was to your point and it was it was a number of things but to your point it was hard sometimes to keep control of a room and of a conversation because there would be multiple people on stage sometimes they would unmute their mics and it it was was just hard to at times uh, direct uh, the, the flow of the conversation and that was where with wisdom where wisdom does quite a bit of the work for you, right? So when you go live as an expert and you speak, if somebody wants to tap in as a guest, wisdom will form a queue of people who want to speak to you. So as the expert, you can just look into your queue and choose who do you want to have up and you can see their name, you can see their profile, you can decide. And it's one guest at a time. So it keeps uh, the flow of the conversation. I think also to your point, I wanted wisdom to be creator first. I did find that I felt perhaps on uh, Clubhouse in terms of like, you know, my research, a lot of us as creators, I think we didn't necessarily feel seen or feel appreciated. I found a lot of the creator community felt that while we're putting in so many hours to run these rooms and to grow these clubs, and people were like, they, they were like, look, we don't even get analytics. Clubhouse doesn't even tell me as a creator this is how much you've been creating. So then a lot of us were using these third-party analytics sites to uh, try and uh, find out. So, you know, on Wisdom, and to your point, launching from day one in terms of us being creative first, top mentors, you get access to your analytics. And we show you how many talks have you had? What was the duration of the talk? How many people guested on the talk? How many followers did you get while you gave this talk? So we're, sort of, we're being very transparent in terms of allowing creators to see this is this is what you've been creating. And then, of course, I think that leads very well into the MentorCoin. Now, for me, and I'll talk a little about MentorCoin, that was very important to me because, again, I am very passionate about what I call the middle class of creators. So what I mean by that is on platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, they tend to share their rewards and their profits with their creator upper class. Meaning if you have half a million followers or more, they they care about you more. You reap the benefits from the algorithm. You reap the benefits from the, the, the back end. Whereas 
there is a whole creator middle class, people who have the thousands, ten thousands, in some cases, maybe hundreds of thousands of followers. And I find a lot of them, they don't feel seen. The algorithms are changing regularly. People are trying to work out, I can't be seen. Do they want me to pay for ads to get seen? It can be quite discouraging. So where we have the mentor coin. So mentor coin is, it's you know unique to wisdom. We launched with it on day one and it's a virtual in-app currency. And our creators earn MentorCoin in proportion to the number of minutes that people spend listening to them. And when you build up to a certain amount of MentorCoin, you can exchange that right in the app for a gift card. And that gift card is redeemable at a number of very mainstream retailers like Starbucks and Amazon and Target or you can donate your gift card to charity, which some wisdomers are doing. So the idea there is that, of course, I don't believe anyone is going to maybe get rich and retire off MentorCoin. However, it is a step in the right direction. It is showing the creators, we see you. If you give a great talk, wisdom should at least buy you a cup of coffee meaning you can cash out that gift card, take it on to Starbucks, I mean, get your favorite coffee or donate it to charity if, if that's your thing. And of course, mental coin is just the beginning. And actually, I'm loving it. Like literally one of our wisdomers DM'd me two days ago and she was like, I just cashed in my gift card. And, you know, she has like a $5 gift card and she's like you know, super excited about it. And of course, the mental coin is just the beginning. On the roadmap, we are working and it's an absolute priority to look at creator monetization, which is a part of our growth strategy. And, you know, again, I have heard from perhaps other social apps, you know, we might not kind of name names, but I, I heard a phrase where somebody said to me about Clubhouse and she said, Clubhouse has left creators to figure out monetization on their own, was uh, literally uh, the quote from a group running a a club of about 30,000 people. So absolutely for us, creator monetization is a priority and we don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet. But, you know, going back to our core mission around we need to help creators to build their personal brand and monetize their knowledge and their expertise. And yes, very likely this is going to perhaps look like maybe one-to-one private coaching. So of course, as a creator, you can tap into wisdom. It's free to listen to people, a creator or an expert. You may set your wisdom timer to five minutes and say, well, I'm going to give people five minutes of free advice, come up and ask me anything. But then if from that, if somebody has had a good experience, why can't we transact within the app and not mental coin, like in sort of cash money, how we transact? within the app and let's go private and let's have like a one-to-one session and work out this thing that is bothering you and as again I know we have so much variety that that is going to be a life coaching or you know nutrition or fitness or business or digital marketing I love that I love that you've got to put the creator first because creators are the feature they're the ones that are spending hours of their time creating all of this amazing content, providing their wisdom. And I think that that is the key because if creators do not feel appreciated, I don't think they're going to stay on a particular social audio app. They're going to find another app or they're going to find another social media platform and they're going to go and they're going to create there because now they do have options. And by the end of this year, I heard there's going to be over 200 different social audio apps. 
But the, the cool thing is, is like the creator economy is booming. About a year ago, there were $800 million invested by venture capital firms into creator economy companies. That's a lot of money, $800 million, right? So social audio company can come up with how to keep their creators happy and how to help their creators monetize. I do think that that's going to be the game changer. I think that's going to be one of the things that's going to elevate them to the levels of success. If they can do that right, they're going to be number one. And if there's existing ones that don't do that right, or they don't do it soon enough, they're going to lose their audience. It's just a matter of which social audio app is going to win at providing a great user experience. So the user experience, like for Wisdom, to me, is already beyond exceptional. It's a great user experience because it's stress-free to me. I love Clubhouse, but it can be very stressful compared to, to Wisdom when I compare the differences between two. Because with Clubhouse, I have to do the work. I have to hit the plus button and invite people and ping them into the room. And while I'm doing that, I have to try to talk to the audience because they're already in the room and I'm live and it's just a lot of work and it's difficult to do that sometimes being one person. And then with wisdom, I open up a talk, I come into a room, I just start talking about whatever subject or topic I want to talk about and I can just talk and you send people to me. They come in and out of my talk which is amazing because to me already like that stress is relieved and and I'm in a position where I feel calm. I can focus on my talk. I can focus on on that instead of, oh my gosh, I have to tell the audience, can you hit the plus button and ping people into the room? And I love Clubhouse, don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is sometimes it can get exhausting. And even in general, social audio apps can get exhausting. And a little later today, I'm probably going to ask you about that whole balancing thing too. How do you balance social audio with not getting addicted? Because it can be addicting. And then there's also always a new shiny object coming out. But I think sometimes you can't run to every shiny object. You have to run to the shiny object where you see potential for yourself. When I spent my time on Wisdom, and I spend time on there, it's because I see huge potential and it resonates with me. It resonates with the content that I want to create. It resonates with the format and the layout that you've created. And then the replay features and the talks are there forever for people to repurpose. And being even early on a month in, the analytics that are there, it tells me how many followers I got. It tells me how many people listen to a talk, you know, after the official live talk, which I love. And analytics are really important. Going back to the whole analytics thing, it is really important because everything that I do has to be strategic. I'm a marketing expert and marketing strategist. So if I'm going to utilize social audio, I do want to know analytics. I want to know people are coming in and are they staying? Are they not staying? I have a few questions for you. Do you see the analytics where right now on Wisdom, it tells us how many people have been in and out of the room? In the future, do you foresee having a feature where it's going to tell you how many people are currently in the room? Or do you like the way that it is right now? And you think that was done intentionally? That's a really great question. It's under review because especially at this early stage, I'm listening to the to the wisdom community and I hear it from two sides. I hear some people say we would like to have and maybe it would end up looking like two two counters because I think the cumulative number of listeners is very useful 
in terms of the key metric, right? And the, the takeaway, as you can imagine, maybe if you were to pick up a sponsor one day, they would want to know how many people checked in in total. But then people are also interested in that live fluctuation. So I think there is one camp of feedback that would like the live number of listeners recorded. There is another camp of feedback who are saying, I like the fact that I can create and I am not feeling pressured by worrying how many people are listening to me or did the listener count fluctuate. And I, I don't have to worry about that. I can just open up with them and start talking. And I'll be very honest in saying, don't know right now. I'm going to stay listening, see how the community grows. And because end of the day, it is around if we empower the creators to create great content and give them the right tools that it's also going to retain the listeners. It's a watch this space. I agree. And I think the longer that the app is out there and the more feedback you're going to get from actually users and creators, I think it's going to give you the answers that you need and and you'll know exactly what they want and, and you can build off of that. And that's the beauty of it is you can pivot when you need and you can you can add features, you can change things. And one of the things I remember a couple of us were talking about is there's obviously the creator and then there's a guest. There's two people on, on stage. In the future, do you foresee having one or two more seats like that? Now, okay, so that that is one. I think it's quite safe to say that no, we, we, we don't see that. So I think a key differentiator and what does distinguish wisdom, I think, is this uh, one-to-one interaction. It allows two people to focus on the conversation exchange wisdom, exchange thoughts, and and, and really go in depth and, and go deep. So at least for now and for the foreseeable future that, you know, that that will be the the, the format with, with the one-to-one. Okay. And I love that. And I found like a workaround for that anyway. So the workaround is if I want to have Ooh, a... Tell me. If I want to have a conversation... And here's a tip for the audience too. make sure that whatever timer you think you want, always set the timer for double that time, because you will realize like you're having such a great conversation with with someone and you don't want to end that conversation and you don't want to have to boot them off the stage. Well, you don't boot them, but they get booted down. And, and we were laughing. We had so much fun one day on the app where we were like, we were laughing because we were having these great conversations. And then it was like, like Houdini, like I'd go back down into the audience and then, and then I would come back up and it was just like, Oh, it's like magic. I'm back, you know, but the workaround is first of all, like, if you think you want to do a 15 minute seat, do 30 minute for, you know, for your timer. And if you don't need the 30 minutes, this is what you do. You can swap people in and out. So you can tell your audience, you can say, hey, I know like Robert's up here, but you can also raise your hand to be in the queue. And even though the timer says 30 minutes, it's really like a 10 minute timer, you know? So you just tell them. And I did that one day and it worked wonderfully and people like were all for it. So I think it's all about you're the creator of that talk. You're the creator of that room. It is up to you to set the stage. It is up to you to, to set the ground rules. It is up to you to, you know, invite people to, to come up and talk. And even if they don't come up and talk, I think, you know, the difference between wisdom and other apps is on wisdom. You have to be comfortable being on a stage by yourself and just talking. Like if you're the type of person that you can't be on stage by yourself and talk and you need a whole audience or a whole crew of people, it may not be be a good fit for you, right? It may, but it may not because you have to be able to carry on that conversation and 
entertain, educate, inspire, whatever your goal is, you have to be able to do that. And I think for some people, they're embracing it and they have the most amazing talks. And it doesn't matter if anyone's next to them on stage or if they just have an audience that's listening in, but they just give the most amazing talks and they're able to carry on a great conversation. And that makes for a great replay. That makes for a great podcast conversation and interview. So that's the beauty of it. But I love that when it comes to the ease of using it, you've made it super easy. And I love that. Thank you. And I love you've spoken about wisdom in the features so eloquently, unprompted, explained it really well and how you're using it. And I'm honored and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I think for those, the listeners who maybe haven't uh, tried wisdom, so you'll be aware that we're talking about the guest timer feature on wisdom. So when a creator or a speaker goes live on wisdom, you have a, a guest spot right next to you, almost like a fireside chat where you have two chairs pulled up at the fireside and you've got your own teacher there. and before you start a talk you choose your timer your guest timer how long do I want to have guests for on this talk and we have options ranging from one minute all the way through to an hour so you can decide how long and as you said uh, Dimple sometimes people want to have longer form conversations and and like you said the time is always too short when it's a good conversation it's always too short so I think that's great advice if you start a talk on wisdom and you think I only want to speak to people for five minutes double it to 10 minutes because you're you're, you're kind of going to need that time and as you said wisdom does the work for you so while people are listening to your talk and if they're inspired to participate they will tap and send a request to potentially be a guest and you can choose who you want to come up and you can also switch people out and that just kind of keeps the conversation moving and on wisdom when the guest timer expires you are moved back into the back into the listening pool and you you can switch out to a new person and and I also find sometimes that can be great for I think for people who are going to give very advice consultation driven talks I mean we even have a tarot card we have a really great tarot card reader on wisdom and she says the timer works great for her because she wants to give timed sessions and and you can see the timer counting down and then you know when it gets to like 20 minutes you know you have to start to wrap and there's none of this can you land your plane can you land your plane yeah 20 seconds 10 seconds and then your flow is interrupted the the timer does the work for you yeah I love it and it's funny where one or two times I've like forgotten to look at the timer and I was still talking and then I'm like oh wait I'm gone I have to come back up but usually I look at the timer and I pay attention so I I think the timer feature is great for even games and having like a game show format have you seen anything like that besides like the tarot cards have you seen like some type of games people are playing I do know that there are some plans in the works I've been told the timer is going to be great for speed dating Mm. and uh, so that hasn't come to fruition yet but some people are seeing that potential also for startup founders and pitch practice because pitching is all about the timer and delivering the message within the time so those are things that certain creators have told me that they're working on those concepts and yeah we should be seeing it soon. 
Yeah, I love it for, I can definitely see it for like pitch practice. I think it's perfect for that. The other thing I also see is people using it to, okay, like you have 30 seconds, like what's your elevator pitch? But, you know, instead, like you give them a, a minute or something like that. But the speed dating thing, that sounds interesting. I think I will be a spectator for that one. I don't think I want to participate. I will be a spectator, but it sounds interesting. Gonna, I like, and I was going to say this, you see, we're putting out great content creation ideas here. What if a, a room title, I talk on wisdom with what's your elevator pitch and having people come up with time spots to give the elevator pitch and then you use the rest of the time to give them feedback and switch to the, then you go on to the next person. I'm, I'm, I'm loving that idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can definitely see people doing that. You know, what else it reminds me of is a mastermind where you're at a high level mastermind where you're paying thousands of dollars for and you're the host. So you're like the organizer at the event. And then you are literally giving a hot seat to someone next to you and you're coaching them live on marketing or on life or maybe health or maybe fitness or whatever it happens to be but it reminds me a lot of that mastermind vibe have you ever heard that before yes i have i have absolutely with the masterminds and of course with wisdom being around mentoring and advice it's such a strong fit yeah i love that absolutely and thinking of the community what type of feedback have you heard from the community so far of the users of the content creators oh my word shall i just just while we're here because rather than i paraphrase we have so much amazing feedback and it is unprompted just just for me going live with people and, and, and people will just come up with their thoughts. So I'll give you a few. Wisdom is like a TED Talk with audience participation. We had that from one of our wisdom. It's called Matthew. Cece said, Cece Watson, when I wake up in the morning, Wisdom is the first app that I open. I use it for my morning motivation. Another one of our creators, Liza Baker, she said, a thrill to find an audio platform that is about meaningful two-sided conversation. Uh, and I'll give you another one. Wisdom removes the barrier to real life experts and thought leaders, bringing equity to knowledge sharing like never before, which I kind of really loved them. Um, and then, you know, we've had stuff like wisdom is like LinkedIn on steroids. You know, we've had that too. Somebody else said that wisdom is like a candy store because you can go up and down the aisles of the candy store and dip into different conversations because the way wisdom works, when you open the app and you land on the live talk, you swipe through a stack of live talks. It's not like an old school analog radio, but you're, you're tapping into different conversations and, and swiping through. So I think that's where he got the candy store analogy. So I think from a founder creator perspective, the testimonials have been amazing. And and it really has proven that I think if you build something that people resonate with, it's, the feedback just comes unprompted. It, it's easy. We're not having to pull teeth to get people to say why they like wisdom. I will say I love wisdom. It's I mean, it's it's like a game changer. It's a game changer where you can have deep, meaningful conversations with people that you've never met before or you've met, but you've never had the chance to even have a conversation. You could be in a room with, you know, two, 300 people and you never even talked once in like 
10, 11 months. And then I was on stage with, you know, I was in Brielle's room on Wisdom and I got to get to know her for the first time. And that was a beautiful thing because that doesn't happen. You know, it just doesn't happen the way Clubhouse is. In Clubhouse, if people see two room people in two, two people in a room, they don't come in or they don't stay. And that's just reality. But the way that you designed Wisdom, that's the beauty of it. That's all it is. It's two people. And you can choose to be in the audience. Or you can choose to raise your hand and, and join the conversation. But it is, it is more like a show. It's like, it's more like a show. It's like, a, it's like almost like a talk show where like Oprah Winfrey was sitting in her chair, remember with like one guest and it's like, you're in the hot seat with like Oprah Winfrey. That's, that's like, it reminds me of, of that. And that's a very cool vibe because if you remember, if you watched Oprah, the conversations that she has are so deep, you know, and they're so genuine and they're so authentic and they just go really down to your inner, you know, core and your soul. And I feel like some of the conversations that people have on wisdom, it's, it's like the same way and you walk away feeling really good. Like I've been a little busy lately, but like I've got to get back on there. But in the beginning, when I had a little more time, I was on there a lot. And I just remember the feeling that I felt when I like, you know, closed the final talk in the room for that day or night. I was feeling happiness, you know, and when you feel that happiness, that is something that you want, like, you know, you want to capture it, you want to take it with you. And that's like what it is. It's like wisdom is happiness, you know. And that's, you know, because wisdom is happiness. It's happiness because you can go in there and you can leave that environment feeling good about yourself and making others feel good about themselves. And I think that's one important aspect of social audio of what it should be about. It should be about uplifting other people, inspiring other people, you know, and motivating other people and even picking people up when they're down. And I think that one-on-one -on -one component really hits home where it allows people to do that. So I think when you came up with that idea of just, hey, one person, one person in the hot seat and, you know, in an audience, I think that's like, that was very strategic. That was very intelligent because it's a whole different ball game. And, and the beauty of it is it is different. Like people can still go to clubhouse, but they can still come to wisdom because it's not the same experience. They're going to get a different experience. When I first signed up for it, I didn't know what to expect. I thought it would be like another clubhouse, but it was totally different. It was very dynamic. And it's, and, and it's like, you know, I love it. Absolutely. So thank you. And, and to your point, because wisdom is about sharing your knowledge, sharing your expertise. And, and when you, I like what you said around how you feel when you close the app, mindfulness, how we consume social media, paying attention to how the social media make us feel. Because sometimes just because you're, you're always drawn to it, a particular app or community, it doesn't always mean it's good for you and, and, and that it uplifts you. On wisdom, I think Absolutely. We, we very naturally created a community and an environment of people who are there to help and who are there to give back. And also help as high is a thing. As humans, we do get sort of a like a positive feeling, like a chemical feeling in the brain when we assist and when we help people. And I'm like, why not? You know, and I say I also tell people, you know, wisdom, 
Wisdom is a great way to, to give back as well. There are a lot of very successful, influential people on wisdom who they say, look, Dio, I'm no longer motivated by by money. What I'm motivated by is impact, whose lives I can impact and how they, how they can help. And they've worked out that on wisdom, once they're giving their talks, speaking to people, troubleshooting a member's conversation is recorded, they said, look, I can be helping people while I'm sleeping because people can tap into my calls and, and you know, they can play them back. That's a beautiful thing. Which I think is really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. That is a beautiful thing. Okay, I've got two last questions for you. And then if there's anything you want to add after that, feel free. But, you know, are there any new features that you're able to disclose or is it kind of on the down low hush hush right now? So some is on the download, some is shareable. I can say that uh, the Android development for Wisdom is already underway because I think Wisdom should be available to everyone. Android apps matter too. So within a few months, I can say we will be on Android. And today, in terms of a global perspective, we are available in the UK, the US and Australia and Canada. But we are looking to rapidly add countries as soon as we can. We just have to be sure that we can uh, replicate the MentorCoin feature in all of the geographies so that as you as a content creator, as you create on Wisdom, you can also be earning MentorCoin and, of course, switch that MentorCoin out for like a gift card and Go and spend it somewhere, you know, nice and uh, get something for yourself or donate it to charity. So I would say the the a key feature, you know, we are looking at, which I mentioned earlier, is helping creators to monetize. And that's aside from the mental coin, which is already in place today, but working on what does the monetize, how, what does monetizing your advice look like over social audio? A lot of us who are well, whether you're an expert or even once you're known for something, we a lot of us get the can I pick your brain question. Maybe you're a doctor. Maybe your friends will be like, oh, something doesn't quite feel right. And they'll kind of ask you. You're a lawyer. People will come to you for your legal things. A lot of us are having our brains picked all the time. And I think a lot of very busy experts struggle with, well, how do I monetize what I know? And yeah, with Wisdom, we're here to kind of build in those features to see what does audio consultation, you know, what is that going to look like, which I think is really exciting. And yeah, so I would say that's going to be, you know, one of our next major features. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I love that. And, you know, what do you think the future is of social audio? I mean, it's, you know, I think it was brought about by the pandemic. I think there was a need for social audio. And I think that it came at just the right time when it was needed. But now that it's here, you know, I think it is here to stay. It is like, Dio, like it's not going anywhere. I think it's only going to be expanding. It's only going to become more mainstream. And, you know, like you are, you know, a founder of, of, you know, a social audio app, you know, called Wisdom, like, I would love to hear your thoughts, because, you know, your perspective is very valuable. Okay, well, so I mean, I think I agree. I think social audio is here to stay. I think it's going to become uh, ubiquitous. I think we're going to see, we're going to see so many different use cases across uh, 
communities, service providers, I feel consumer banks, you know, legal firms. I think we're going to see social audio almost becoming part of the plumbing of wherever there is kind of community or network or kind of service providers. I, I think this trend around, I mean, I think maybe one of the first, you know, major trends is the creator economy. I think that's going to intersect very heavily with a social audio. I think mindfulness is also a trend to be aware of in terms of seeing how that is going to sort of tap into social audio. I think that mindful humans uh, generally want to make a contribution to society and at least particularly what I am trying to tap into with wisdom and my hope is that people who are mindful people who have the privilege of knowledge and uh, expertise that want to give back I want wisdom to be seen as one of the ways that they can give back and actually it does connect me to uh, because around one of my drivers for creating wisdom Taking it back to summer 2020, which is the summer where Black Lives Matter trended around the world. And within the tech world, whether it was on LinkedIn or Twitter, a lot of successful founders, angels, VCs, venture capitalists were all like, I care about this. I want to give back. And there were a lot of offers to say Black founders are underrepresented. I want to mentor them. And there was a lot of goodness and intent, but I think a lot of that good intent got lost in the noise of social media. If a big angel investor tweeted, I will mentor the first 20 people who respond to this tweet. And then the timeline goes, it refreshes, you know, who gets to see it. And I remembered thinking then, wow, if wisdom existed then, thinking in my head, they could just drop a link and say, this is my link, I'm going live on Wisdom, drop in and ask your questions, or record a talk that we can all play back later, so I wouldn't be disadvantaged because I just happened to not be on Twitter that particular day. So I, I do think, at least particularly for Wisdom around social audio, uh, what's happening into the creator economy trend, and we're also tapping into this trend of like mindfulness and giving back, and just making sure we use social audio for good and to help people to, to do good and give back. Oh, I love that. That makes my heart happy. I mean, giving back is so important. And I think when people are in a position to give back, they always should give back. And I think if we can do it through social audio, we have the ability to reach people in masses, like pretty much globally. And I think that's such a powerful thing. And I think that's what people need to unite as well together to give back and not just create, but to create in a way that we're creating a future for future content creators. And we're creating a creator economy that's going to help everyone flourish. And I think that, you know, the contributions that you've made to the creator economy with wisdom, I think it's like a great start. But I mean, I can just imagine me having you back on the podcast like six months from now or a year from now, because wisdom will be, it won't be a baby anymore. It'll be an infant, right? And then it's going to be a toddler, right? And then, and I can just imagine the transformation, but it's something that I am super excited about and I look forward to. And I'm just really thankful that you came up with such an amazing concept for social audio, where it allows people to just have meaningful conversations and leave the app with happiness, feeling happy and feeling good about themselves and feeling, you know, feeling confident. Because I also believe that for people that 
they're scared to open up their rooms like on Clubhouse. I think, you know, wisdom is a great place for them to come here and open up a talk and they don't have to feel that pressure. And I will say this because it's something I noticed very attentively when I'm on wisdom, even though there's an audience, I love the fact that I don't see them. They're behind the scenes. So to me, I almost forget that they're there sometimes and it allows me to open up. It allows me to just share something funny or, or not be like, oh my God, people are watching, people are judging. I feel like when I'm there, I'm having a conversation with that one person who's to the right of me. I feel like it is just a conversation in my living room with just them and just me. And that's what the beauty is because you've created it to be such an experience. It is absolutely an experience. And that is what people love nowadays. They love to have a good experience. No, I think absolutely. And I'll, I'll round off from saying, um, as you, where you spoke around the, the one-to-one conversations and the experience. And yes, with wisdom, you can see roughly how many people have come through to listen. But yeah, you, you don't see their faces. So you're not distracted uh, by that visual. And where I've had the privilege of interviewing a few special guests, on wisdom, such as the iconic musician and saxophonist uh, Kenny G, and also Andre Dawson, who is a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, and then most recently the actor James Masters, who is well known for playing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He played a Spike and also went on to have a long stretch at Torchwood and also Smallville, and he has a, a very big CV. And when I had the privilege of interviewing these individuals live on Wisdom, even for myself as an interviewer, there's an amount of pressure and anticipation. Couldn't believe I was speaking to, to Kenny G. But because the audience are hidden behind a button, and of course I could tap into that button and look at the audience if I want to, then I can close it. I felt like I was having a one-to-one conversation with these individuals and was able to get them to open up and relax and laugh. And and, and I do think we can partially attribute that to your point in terms of the UX and like the experience uh, that's designed into wisdom. I absolutely agree with everything you said. All right. So if there's anything else you wanted to share other than that, I wanted to thank you for being a guest. It was such an honor to have you on the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. And then I'd love for you to share with the audience where they can reach you. And we will definitely link all your social media handles in the show notes. But if you want to tell people the website or how they can sign up for wisdom or anything else, feel free to share right now. Absolutely. So how do you tap into the wisdom? You can go to the Apple store and search for wisdom. We'll definitely come up. Our branding is very purple. Our logo looks like Einstein with headphones on. So you can search for us in the app store. If you want to go to the website, we are at wisdom.audio. And yes, you had correctly .audio because I do believe audio is the future. And you can find us on all social media at, it's usually at Join Wisdom on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And we regularly feature our top mentors as well. So I think also following us on social media 
It's also a great way to connect with the community. And then if you're interested in following myself personally on primarily Twitter and some Instagram, I am at Dio uh, AKK typically on those platforms. So thank you for asking that. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure having you and I will see you on Wisdom. Thank you for listening to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the show so you don't ever miss an episode and also share it with your friends. Dimple would be so grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review and visit the podcast website to check out all the latest episodes at www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. That's www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. And follow Dimple on Clubhouse. Her handle is Marketing Expert. And also join her Mesmerizing Marketing Club also on Clubhouse for live rooms on top marketing strategies for entrepreneurs and business owners who want to mesmerize their marketing. 